Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, Christian Voice in Your Home. We're so pleased to be back with you again today, and we're going to throw you all a little bit of curveball in terms of the conversation that Francis and I are going to have today. I'll explain that in just a minute, but before I do, Francis, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, feeling very blessed, and I'm looking forward to this conversation again. <laughs> yeah, this is a conversation that we arguably should have had about a month ago, in fact, uh, at the beginning of the month of October, but we're having it here in 2016 in the month of November, and the reason is that we realized, even though we had it uh, on our list of things to do, we realize that a lot of people hear about the rosary, both from the pulpit and in other forums, in the month of October, which, of course, is the month of the rosary, understandably, um, and so you would expect to hear it. But what we are focused on today is trying to um, get you, our listeners, as, as well as ourselves, enthusiastic again about the rosary, I suspect, and hope that many of us prayed it daily throughout the month of October, but sometimes our devotion to this great prayer wanes through the month of November, and so we delayed this conversation until this month so we could re-engage that. And Mark, it's the feast day of the presentation of Mary, so to renew a Marian devotion on this day or to be speaking of it, you know, um, may help inspire us to continue this, um, to renew our dedication, our devotion, to intensify our devotion. And so um, with that, we, we have more to, to share. Well, um, we want to emphasize up front, I guess uh, it's fair to let our audience know our objective here, Francis, and that is that we really do want to get people uh, motivated and uh, perhaps uh, give you some new insights on how to pray the rosary. Uh, I know many of us have prayed it for many years, and, and uh, in fairness, when we do that, sometimes our devotions become stale or routinized. We go back to the same meditations or the same reflections. And so Francis and I had engaged in a conversation earlier to discuss how we might sort of jog people's thinking about the rosary. And so um, that's what our objective is today. But before we begin that, we're going to begin, as we always do, with our opening prayer. Well, and with this topic, the power of the rosary, I think it's most appropriate to start with the angelic salutation, which is the Hail Mary. So let us get recollected and intensely uh, look within to find the Lord. And we're addressing his mother, our mother. And let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of, full grace, of grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Francis. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, we do want to turn to our Blessed Mother. Of course, as uh, Francis mentioned, for us, this is the Feast of the Presentation, the Memorial of the Presentation of Mary. Uh, and it is ideal timing, although we have to confess we didn't plan it that way. Right. Uh, the Providence. Holy Spirit <laughs> planned it that way. Thank you, um, Lord. <laughs> but we also want to, again, I think, reiterate, which I'll do a little bit later in our conversation, the objective here, which is really nothing short of inspiring those of you who either perhaps no longer pray the rosary. I, I have been um, in conversation with many religious, even Francis, who tell me they just don't have a devotion to the rosary. They don't pray the rosary. Or maybe, as I say, some of you did and you've lapsed a bit or you're not as consistent with it. Um, we really want to inspire you not just with methods and uh, meditations, but also the importance of the rosary. And I'd say even more so in the importance of it for us in this time um, where we know that the spiritual battle, spiritual warfare has intensified. We don't have to look far to to uh, understand that. But, you know, I wanted to begin, Francis, just briefly with maybe some of our own uh, thoughts and experiences on praying the rosary. If you don't mind uh, sharing your own uh, reflections on it and, and what uh, sort of 
maintains your devotion to this great prayer. <laughs> well, Mark, I have to admit that when I started praying the rosary long ago, um, I found it to be a great method to go to sleep. <laughs> So, but what time were you praying it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did pray at night um, because that for me was the best time to pray. Um, but I was consoled that I felt that my prayer would continue in, even in my sleep. And what confirmed it was that when I would wake up, I'd find myself uttering the, the prayers. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, it's evolved, it's changed. You know, sometimes um, I have a very ardent feeling for the dev- uh, the devotion of the rosary and while I'm praying the rosary. Other times, um, I can think when, you know, a time when I was suffering a great deal of physical pain. It was very difficult to pray the rosary at that time with any kind of attentiveness. However, I, I knew that the indulgences and this prayer... Even though I felt I was praying it poorly, I mean, I mean, we we rarely know the true value of, of our prayer uh, unless we see the fruits of it. Um, but um, I knew that when I joined my prayer to others, that you know, uh, united with them in the heart of Jesus and Mary, uh, it would be fruitful regardless of how well I did. Well, I I just would offer quickly. Um both a uh, personal uh, experience, uh, which is consistent for me, and that is that my best rosaries are usually prayed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I've woken up and can't get back to sleep, which unfortunately or fortunately, depending on the Blessed Mother's perspective, she may be the one waking me up. Uh, That happens to me quite often. And I'll let it go on for a period of time. I'll lay there awake in the dark and um, so as not to, uh, you know, disturb my wife. I'll, I'll try to be quiet and still. But eventually I'll just reach over and grab a rosary that I keep right by my bedside. I can find it in the dark. I know exactly where it is. And I know <clears throat> that if I get through an entire rosary, one of two things have happened. Either I'm, I'm just going to have a bad night of sleep or the Blessed Mother um, had intended all along that it was the way I was going to spend that period of time. And quite frankly, um, I'm quite serious when I say this, more often than not, it it occurs in that window of time between 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, um, back to that comment about falling asleep. I I, I recall something about Therese, the little flower, saying about falling asleep in her Mm -hmm. prayers and not being too worried about it. Um, Not that we're using it as a method to go to sleep, although it can be a a very relaxing. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's good to help you relax, but to get centered on the Lord and, you know, be thinking about the Lord before you fall asleep. What's what, you know. What a great way to fall asleep is with him on your heart and on your lips. Um, but she would say, even though she fell asleep, well, you know, just like doctors uh, put their patients to sleep. So sometimes, you know, the Lord puts his patients to sleep so that he can work in them. So um, but I always think that that the holy angels are continuing the prayer for me. Um, but, yeah, to um, pray the rosary with dedication is a great blessing, but many times um, there are times when it, it feels very dry. So you need to change it up, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, and I, I just want to convey that w- when I start to look into all the different approaches to praying the rosary, um, the list is very, very long. So um, we may talk about a few today, but um, there, there are so many that we can go from. Well, I just also wanted to share, and it's in fairness a, a, a experience I think I did share on one of our earlier conversations, Francis, about this idea that Francis shared with uh, regard to falling asleep and then finding herself waking up sometime later and the words are still in her mind and therefore she's still uttering them. That is a very powerful um, experience and uh, one that I will, uh, again, share uh, my own experience of, and that's the passing of my father-in-law. I think I told this story some weeks ago where uh, we were all in the room around him, his 11 children and myself and some of the other um, um, 
brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws, and <clears throat> somebody advocated praying the rosary, said, let's pray the rosary, which my father-in-law prayed quite consistently. This was only a few months ago that he passed away. And he had not actually been mobile. He had not moved. He had not opened his eyes for the last 24 hours prior to this. Um, he was in the last stages, obviously, uh, of his life. He, in fact, died about 24 hours later. And um, when we uh, began, of course, in doing so, we made the sign of the cross, and we spoke in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My father-in-law made that gesture. Now, he didn't pray the rosary. He didn't have a rosary in his hand at the time. It was wrapped around his wrist. But um, then at the end of the rosary, when we, again, uh, closed our prayer with the sign of the cross, he raised his hand again and made a complete sign of the cross. And I can tell you, it was a very touching moment. But it goes to this point about the prayer is much deeper embedded in us than even we can appreciate. On the surface, we may not experience anything. We may not, we in fact may experience dryness. Um, But we ought not for that reason abandon the prayer of the rosary, most especially because our Blessed Mother continues to tell us in her messages at Medjugorje uh, of the importance of the rosary. And we need to listen to that. Uh, so don't look necessarily for the emotional or the physical uh, involvement with it, but look for a deeper meaning. We're, t- we're going to talk about that. Well, we should point out uh, that uh, the catalyst for Francis and I deciding to have this conversation today uh, was the recent publication of a wonderful book, which I encourage people to look into if you uh, have the opportunity uh, to get a copy. It's simply called The Champions of the Rosary. It's by Father Donald Calloway. Um, the subtitle is The History and Heroes of a Spiritual Weapon. And it's by Marion Press. We'll, of course, put that out on our site so that you can reference it. But it really, it's the most comprehensive book on the rosary that I've ever read. I mean, this has yeah, everything. It, it really helps to track the history of the devotion and how it was evolving. And I really appreciate that Father Calloway put that together for us. Yeah, and he's got a number of priests and bishops uh, in here who, um, you know, voluntarily advocated the book, in fact, wrote um, um, little brief uh, vignettes about the importance of the book. So really encourage you to take a look at it, Champions of the Rosary. And again, on the subtitle, um, he uses the very phrase that St. Padre Pio uses in referring to the uh, rosary as a spiritual weapon. Literally, it is a spiritual weapon in our hands. Um, now, because this is a conversation about Carmel and Carmelite, we wanted to make sure that we linked uh, this conversation to our devotion in Carmel. And of course, we didn't have to look very far to find that linkage. Well, we can go back to one of the most important approved apparitions in modern times, um, and that is Fatima in Portugal, where um, several significant things happened that relate to the rosary and that make this particular apparition special for those of us associated with um, Carmel. Oh, I want to just point out that Lucia, one of the main uh, visionaries, <laughs> did become a discalced Carmelite nun, so just preface it with, with that in mind. Um, she wasn't at the time of the apparition. She was a young girl, but um, that was important. So... Um, Anyway, uh, it was in 1917 when Our Lady came to Fatima as the Lady of the Rosary. That's how she appeared. Um, Now, Our Lady always has a specific purpose when she appears and the way she is dressed. And uh, she called herself this title, Our Lady of the Rosary. So it's not something that um, Bernadette, uh, not Bernadette, but Lucia would have made up. um, Or Lucia, however you want to say it. For example, when um, Mary appeared to St. Bernadette in Lourdes in 1858, she referred to herself as the Immaculate Conception. Of course, Bernadette was very young and and did not know anything about the Immaculate Conception, although this was um, a dogma that had been declared by Pope Pius IX. This apparition seemed to affirm that dogmatic declaration by Pope Pius IX in 1854 that referred to Mary as the Immaculate Conception. So at Fatima here, her purpose then, um, we seem to... uh, Uh, It seems to us that it was to emphasize that the most powerful prayer available to all her faithful children would be this rosary. Um, She also urged us uh, to use it in imploring God's mercy, 
In fact, there was a little prayer that was added um, to the rosary. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Uh, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. That prayer was added that Our Lady gave. And in gaining Our Lady's help and protection against the horrible events that were about to occur from World War II, um, as well as through the global spread of atheistic communism. Yeah, we'll say more about the importance of the rosary in regard to these uh, topics of spiritual warfare in a moment. But um, the second point, Francis raised the first, of course, that Our Lady referred to herself as the Lady of the Rosary, giving emphasis uh, to that spiritual weapon. The second point I think that we would emphasize is during the final apparition at Fatima, many of you know this occurred on October 13th, 1917, just 100 years ago, uh, when the miracle of the sun occurred, Our Lady first appears um, as she had been appearing uh, to the three children with a sorrowful heart, her sorrowful heart exposed. But then she reappears as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So here we begin to see the linkage directly uh, to Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the rosary, the, the message of the rosary. And we can go into that a little further by remembering, recalling in Scripture, in the Book of Kings, what happened on Mount Carmel. Elijah um, fights the prophets of Baal, and he calls the people to decide one side or the other. And then uh, the whole story plays out, and the fire from above, from God, comes and consumes the sacrifice offered by Elijah and not the prophets of Baal. So um, it was a real uh, war that was occurring. And so when we think about Our Lady of Mount Carmel, we're thinking of the beauty of this mountain, the beauty of the life that was lived there by Elijah, but also this um, call to conversion, to believe in God once and for all, turn back to God and exercise this faith in this most loving Father. Now, finally, and this is the third point, uh, we do want to begin to focus on the book that we mentioned from Father Calloway. Um, and this is where the uh, final sort of connection, and Francis actually uh, has mentioned it, uh, and that is that Lucia, one of the visionaries, the one who, of course, lived the longest, by far the longest, later herself became um, a, a Carmelite nun, but she also was a great champion of the rosary. Uh, this, by the way, this book, uh, as I said, a marvelous text, gives a, a great deal of history about the rosary, more information than I think you'll find in any one place uh, with regard to the rosary. But one of the most important aspects of it is Father Don's uh, profiling of some of the more outspoken champions of the recitation of the rosary and the role they might play in our spiritual lives. One of those champions is, of course, none other than servant of God, Sister Lucia, who, as many of you know, um, was not only a visionary and a Carmelite nun, but if you've read anything about her life, you would know she herself, from her earliest years, had a great um, devotion to the rosary. Um, this is true not only because she was instructed by the Blessed Mother, but she was actually, pr prior to that, instructed by her family and given this great devotion to the rosary. Wasn't it she who said it was with the scapular and the rosary we shall save the world? Mm -hmm. by, yeah, so, okay, well, that we, want, we don't want to forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's uh, see some of the things that... Um, Sister Lucia had said, she said, the rosary is the prayer which God, through his church and Our Lady, has recommended most insistently to us all as a road to and gateway of salvation. Now, this book helps you to see that insistent pleading to pray the rosary and its development. So um, and, and all these quotes of all these champions of the rosary help to reaffirm different aspects of it. Just reading the quotes alone should set you on more fire than you previously were. And, and considering who the quotes are coming from, and we're going to bring them out in the context of some of the the other challenges that we're facing in the spiritual combat. But as Francis says, you know, if you are asked to take, um, <laughs> I like to drink green tea. Now, I don't necessarily like to drink green tea, but I drink it because I know it's healthy for me. And I constantly will be reading the benefits of, you know, uh, consuming green tea. And, and, you know, not to attribute the rosary to green tea, but it's similar in the sense that we do reach those periods of dryness and repetition where we don't feel the devotion to this particular prayer. I know it's happened 
happen to all of us. But it's good to re-encourage and remind ourselves what some great saints, and in this case a blessed, has said about the importance both from their own perspective and that the Blessed Mother places on the rosary. It can lead us to uh, deepen our devotion just by knowing what it is we're accomplishing in reciting the rosary. All right, so do we want to move on to... Oh, you have uh, some oh, other oh, highlights here. Feel all right, free, all right, go you, ahead. You want me to... Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. I, I'd like to get your perspective on <laughs> All right, well, I, I think it's important that Lucia considered the rosary to be a type of spiritual nourishment. Now, that's not a new idea. That, that has um, been uh, there for quite a long time, and she is just embellishing it further, going deeper into it. And, of course, w- when we think of the Fatima apparitions, uh, many people refer to them as the rosary apparitions um, and how Our Lady was emphasizing the daily rosary as a means of bringing about an end to World War One. Now, this is not the first war that the rosary uh, has been attributed Played to. Played a role ending. in, absolutely. Yeah, la- the Battle of Lepanto, I think, was one of the most uh, significant ones that mm-hmm. we call them. And there are other examples in this book. Um, so that's World good War to go II, to. Uh, and uh, then um, Sister Lucia saying... Uh, this, which is, is not new, but I, I like to reiterate it. She said, the prayer of the rosary after the holy liturgy of the Eucharist is what most unites us with God by the richness of the prayers that compose it. And she goes on to say how these prayers came from heaven, dictated by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit. And, and it goes on and explains that. So it's not something we invented it's scriptural and it's divine. And it's important to do that research. I, I don't mean that we should all go get theology degrees, but it would be, we'd do ourselves a favor by doing some research on the individual mysteries, not just praying the mysteries, you know, continuously. And maybe you've got a particular meditation you'd like to use. As I said, you know, I, I, I want to reiterate this point. I'll do it again, I'm sure, before we're done our conversation. We are absolutely trying to inspire you. Um, our listeners to pray the rosary. We're also hoping to show you ways to get more out of it, and we've made some recommendation. But I'm going to be very blunt and say, most importantly, we're trying to build an army of warriors who will respond to Our Lady's call, not mine and Francis's, but Our Lady's call for all of us to take up this most powerful weapon in these very dramatic times in the history of our world. Praying more rosaries, even getting more out of the recitation, those are important things, absolutely, and they're very beneficial to our soul. But we are called, we are engaged in this battle, we are soldiers on the battlefield, and we have a responsibility to take up the weapon that the Blessed Mother herself has given us, both as encouragement and to use as a means of engaging our enemy. So think of that as you struggle with whether to go to that quiet place in your home later today and pick up your rosary. Well, Francis, uh, even more so, there are some issues facing our world today that I think uh, it's important for us to focus on the couple minutes we have left. We'll start this because, again, it's the darker side of the spiritual battle, but it's reality. It's what we're facing. And all of these things that we're going to discuss uh, have a, um, uh, what would I call it, uh, you know, a response found in the rosary, a, a means of overcoming these assaults on our society and our civilization are found in the rosary. One of the quotes from Sister Lucia is that everything can be overcome through the recitation of the rosary. And, and here's some great yeah, examples. We're gonna, yeah, I like these examples. I'm so glad we, you were drawing these out from this book here, uh, Mark. So I think you have the first one. All right. The first thing assaulting our society, this is not a, a surprise, um, of course, is homosexual marriage. And um, what we're going to do as we go through this, Francis and I, we're going to pick a quote that we have found in the book from one of the champions of the rosary. And they literally go back, um, you know, hundreds of years to um, uh, the great saints. We'll, we'll pick a few of them, more of the modern ones, in fairness, so you'll be familiar with them. But in regard to homosexual marriage, Here's what Pope Leo XIII, who was a great champion of the rosary, by the way, wrote an encyclical on it himself. Here's what he had to say. In places, families, and nations in which the rosary of Mary retains its ancient honor, the loss of faith through ignorance and vicious error need not be feared. 
And this is a direct, uh, from my perspective, uh, response to homosexual marriage. The ignorance and vicious error um, that is, um, uh, you know, been uh, thrust upon society in the idea of homosexual marriage. Now, I understand there's a great challenge here for those who may have members of their family who um, are struggling with this issue. But there's no there's no wavering on the part of the church in, in regards to this. And um, this isn't to say uh, that those who are involved in this lifestyle or may have this predisposition uh, are themselves evil. We know it's the act itself that's evil. What Pope Leo would offer us in, in, by way of encouragement is that ignorance and this error are not to be feared for those who continually recite the rosary. Well, and on the topic of abortion, we can find something from um, St. John Paul II to help us um, in praying the rosary. He said, How could one possibly contemplate the mystery of the child in Bethlehem in the joyful mysteries of the rosary without experiencing the desire to welcome, defend, and promote life and to shoulder the burdens of suffering children all over the world? A great quote, and we're going to go through, as we come back, we'll go through um, a laundry list, as I say, of things that are assaulting our society, and some of the great saints who are devoted to the rosaries' response, at least as we've characterized them, a response to that uh, particular um, uh, assault in the spiritual war uh, that we are engaged in. I remind you, you're listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, Christian Voice in your home. We'll be back in just a moment. Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, Christian Voice in Your Home. We're continuing our discussion today on the benefits of the recitation of the rosary as much as anything to try to encourage those of you who may have, um, you know, sort of uh, grown cold in your devotion to this great prayer uh, to deepen your appreciation for it. Uh, your um, experience of it, some recommendations on how to deepen your um, prayer time with the rosary, but most especially what we're trying to do is encourage and call upon an army of prayer warriors to once again pick up their rosary, maybe a second and third time uh, throughout the course of an individual day, and, and pray um, in defense of so many spiritual weapons that our enemy is using against us. We're going to go through that list uh, and use our spiritual weapons, which has been placed in our hands by our mother, um, and regardless of your particular experience or reaction or uh, the warmth and you know good feelings you may have when you pray the rosary, if all that's missing, just know that our mother has put this weapon in our hands and she's calling on us daily uh, to pick up our rosary and to use it in the spiritual battle that we're all engaged in, regardless of, of um, you know, our place in the church. Um, we know, for example, and we've just discussed homosexual marriage and abortion, some of the other topics we're going to discuss, contraception, pornography, suicide, lukewarm Catholics. All of these are uh, direct assaults on our society. But let's go to the next topic. And this is one, unfortunately, we have to confess is rampant in our society. The statistics, I hate to quote this, Francis, but I think I'm right. Somewhere between three and four out of five marriages today end in divorce. Now, in fairness, uh, that represents those who perhaps have had multiple marriages. But imagine, uh, listener, three and four out of five marriages today end in divorce. Imagine what that's doing to our families. Um, here's what John Paul II, St. John Paul II, uh, would have had to say about that with regard to the rosary. Daily recitation of the rosary in the family was once widespread. How worthwhile would such a practice be today? Mary's rosary removes the seeds of family breakup. It is the sure bond of communion and peace. You know, I can just reflect my own experience when we were young, and I don't know that we had a great appreciation for it at the time, but we did it. My wife and I used to get our kids be uh, beside us in front of EWTN uh, in our front room when they would recite the rosary, and we would kneel and we'd pray the rosary. Um, and I'm still with that woman today, and <laughs> all of my children are are happy and healthy and part of the church and, and, and practicing their faith. And I don't say that with any sense of accomplishment or pride. I genuinely attribute all of that to the Blessed Mother. 
Um, she gave us the weapon, and we took advantage of it, not as consistently as we need to or should have even through those difficult times, but um, but we are all still together. And I, as I say, I attribute that to the Blessed Mother. And if you're facing challenges in the area of divorce, of family um, you know, being broken up, pick up your rosary. Well, also in our society, there is a great acceptance of contraception in our church, um, especially beginning with Humana Vitae, uh, was talking about the problems and the moral and ethical issues associated with contraception and how um, these souls were being affected. And so here we have Our Lady's words to St. Teresa of Calcutta and speaking about these little souls that are being contracepted. Our Lady says, Take care of them. They are mine. Bring them to Jesus. Carry Jesus to them. Fear not. Teach them to say the rosary, the family rosary, and all will be well. So we need to take care of um, these little souls and not contracept because there are... um, that that is a, a method of contraception that is abortifacient. So uh, we have a big problem with all of that, and and plus the moral um, uh, permissiveness that has occurred because of contraception. And you know we don't see what goes on in the spiritual vein. We don't understand the full context of what's happening to our society as a result of the uh, consequences of contraception. You know, Mother Teresa is is uh, um, rumored to have said, I wasn't there, so I'll say it is, it is claimed that she said um, that we would have already perhaps eliminated some of the the uh, most egregious medical conditions in our society had we not aborted uh, those, uh, you know, millions of children, some of whom may have been the ones who created uh, the uh, medical uh, innovation and um, done the discovery that was necessary to help us deal with the the uh, uh, you know pervasive medical conditions that that we face in our society. We don't know what's happened as a result of that, and we need to be aware of that. And one of the ways that Mother Teresa, of course, Saint T- Teresa of Calcutta, would encourage us is simply picking up the rosary. And you know, Mark, that same quote. Take care of them. They are mine. That can be uh, applied to euthanasia as well. You know, here at the very beginnings of the first imprint of life to the very last moments of life, um, take care of them. They are mine. Bring them to Jesus. Carry Jesus to them. Yet we're so quick to see these things as a burden. The child that might enter our life or the old person who's sick and, and struggling to hold on to life, we see them as a burden, and so it's easy um, for some, for some, in fairness, uh, to take uh, these most egregious uh, steps at controlling the circumstances of their life, better that we take the active step of picking up our rosary. Well, the next one that uh, is uh, also, though many people are not um, aware of it, but, but has grown uh, exponentially in our society, is the practice of the occult. I can't think of anything that, Francis, more represents the um, the demonic in our life than the practice of the occult. We know about the black masses that uh, uh, people have tried to, um, um, you know, uh, conduct throughout the country and instances of the practice of the occult in so many societies and uh, so many of our own cities in, in the United States. I, I think Padre Pio, who was uh, a great warrior in the spiritual battle, uh, give us gave us a, a, a strong suggestion here when he said, the rosary is a weapon in our hands with which we can overcome the devil's attacks. If you have members of your family who are caught up in the occult or maybe use Ouija boards or maybe they use any of these what are considered more subtle forms of divining, uh, you know, what what the uh, forces of nature might want us to do, um, I would encourage you, pray in their name, pray the rosary, pray for them, and you will literally be bringing a spiritual weapon to the battle uh, in defense of that person. 
Well, and then pornography. That is a scourge across the whole fabric of society, both men and women, young and old. Uh, it's easy access these days with the computer technology, and uh, people are not understanding the kind of wounds that this is uh, creating um, within their souls and in their lives. And so we hear from St. John Paul II. No, excuse me. I'm going to use Pope John the 23rd on this one. He said, individuals, whatever their spiritual status may be, will undoubtedly find in the fervent recitation of the Holy Rosary an invitation to regulate their lives in conformity with Christian principles. They will, in truth, find in the rosary a spring of the most abundant graces to help them in fulfilling faithfully their duties in life. Yeah, so well said. And again, this book, we're referencing the champions of the rosary, is just full of these quotes, just full of the encouragement on the part of our great saints to, again, pick up the rosary and do so in this case. Now we're talking very specifically about uh, these assaults on our society, assault on the family, assault on the individual, and a, a great response to that, uh, as so many of these saints have said, pick up the weapon, pick up uh, the great defense of the rosary. I'm going to let you pick up the next one, uh, Francis, before I conclude with my last one. here. All right. Well, suicide, that is another uh, terrible thing that is happening across um all nationalities across all levels of life. Um, and so um, I turn to St. Pio of Petrosino, um, affectionately known as Padre Pio, and he tells us the rosary is the weapon that wins all battles. And suicide is definitely a battle of being duped by the devil to despair, to be discouraged, to take one's own life. And we know that God's mercy is there, but this this rosary, and, and it may not be the person who's being tempted, but maybe your rosary for them will give them the grace, the strength to not fall prey in this spiritual warfare. Another uh, very obvious element of spiritual warfare is radical Islam. And I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying radical Islam in and of itself needs to be engaged uh, directly and, and confronted physically. Um, I, I would default to what Maximilian Kolbe, St. Maximilian Kolbe said, May the rosary be the sword in the hands of those who pray it. By sword, of course, he means bringing Christ into this spiritual battle. Um, we've tried to, um, uh, you know, sort of deal with the problem of radical Islam in so many ways, and I don't suggest uh, a political solution one way or the other. I'm not smart enough to recommend one um, and only pray for those who believe they do know the right way. But what I would argue and what Maximilian Kolbe would tell us is pick up the rosary, Pick up the rosary, which is the sword in the hands of those who pray it. And the uh, sort of distorted version of humanity that comes out of a strain called radical Islam uh, will be confronted, will be defeated, if we again will pick up the rosary in defense of uh, life and humanity, uh, something that... Uh, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, certainly a great champion of. Of course, the greatest champion of the rosary is none other than our blessed Virgin Mary herself. And um, here are just some of the references to the rosary f said to come from Mary to the alleged visionaries at Medjugorje. She said on August 14, 1984, I would like the people to pray along with me these days and to pray as much as possible and to fast strictly on Wednesdays and Fridays and every day to pray at least one rosary, the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries. Interesting that for her, one rosary is all three mysteries. Yes. Uh, we should emphasize that. I know many people believe that one mystery is sufficient uh, for a day's recitation. And I often, I confess, I often will do one mystery associated, as you know, with each day of the week. One of the mysteries is a sign. Uh, but really for the Blessed Mother, it's the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. Of course, this preempted uh, saint 
John Paul II's inclusion of the luminous mysteries, uh, but we might uh, feel challenged to pray all four uh, on a given day in light of um, the, the addition of those. She also said on August 8, 1985, Dear children, today I call you especially now to advance against Satan by means of prayer. Here again, we see her encouraging us in the spiritual battle. Advance, she says, against Satan by means of prayer. Satan wants to work still more now that you know he is at work. Dear children, put on the armor for battle and with the rosary in your hand, defeat him. And on June 12, 1986, she says, Dear children, today I call you to begin to pray the rosary with a living faith. That way I will be able to help you. You, dear children, wish to obtain graces, but you are not praying. I'm not able to help you because you do not want to get started. How many of us can remember (laughs) times like that or where we are in our lives? Dear children, I'm calling you to pray the rosary and that your rosary be an obligation which you shall fulfill with joy. That way you shall understand the reason I'm with you this long. I desire to teach you to pray. So we can connect there that praying the rosary does teach us how to pray. Um, Thank you for having responded to my call. On February 25th, 1989, of course, Francis, we could have picked a hundred or more references to the Rosie of Our Blessed Mother. She's saying this constantly. Uh, We picked a sampling of years from 84 to 89. And this, this, Mark, not just in this alleged apparition, but in many throughout. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, of course, is the most recent apparition, and we know the church is still pending its decision on it, but... um, The words uh, are good. Yes, there's nothing here that we should be uh, uh, taken aback by. She said, by the way, on um, February 25th, 1989, you know that I love you and am coming coming here out of love so I could show you the path of peace and salvation for your souls. I want you to listen to me and not permit Satan to seduce you. Dear children, she says, Satan is strong enough. Therefore, I ask you to dedicate your prayers so that those who are under his influence may be saved. This is back to the point uh, Francis raised earlier about interceding through the rosary for those who may have this struggle in their life, whatever it is, any one of the lists that we drew from. The Blessed Mother goes on, Give witness by your life. Sacrifice your lives for the salvation of the world. Therefore, little children, do not be afraid. If you pray, Satan cannot injure you, not even a little. Because you are God's children, and he is watching over you. Pray and let the rosary always be in your hands as a sign to Satan that you belong to him. What a great model. Let the rosary always be in your hands. You know, I know a couple of priests who carry the rosary with them 24 by 7. It's always wrapped around their wrist. You said assigned to Satan to belong to him, meaning Christ, but right. I think she said to me as as in my children, right. Mary. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. so uh, make sure we get that right yeah, so we're yeah, not yeah. thinking we belong to the Ill, bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, Blessed Mother is very clear on this topic. We ought not to be confused. She is telling us pointedly in so many places and throughout history, the rosary is the means. Notice she doesn't say, you know, uh, oh, you'll find, um, you know, great warmth or great uh, experiences in this. She says, in fact, that it is a obligation. It is one that we must dedicate ourselves to. And there are certainly going to be those times when we may experience great joy in our recitation of the rosary. We want to talk about some means of making the recitation um, uh, uh, of the daily rosary more effective. Well, you know, Mark, we both had our reservations about this form of prayer. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm like, well, there are times when, you know, just too distracted. Um, or the people that I'm praying this rosary with are going so fast uh, that it's distracting to me. Um, but I have to point out, just by doing the action, whether you think it was fruitful or fervent or dry or arid or whatever, just by doing the act, it is an act of worship. So um, there is an objective sense here. The act of worship has been accomplished no matter how well you did or did not do. And so God is worshipped. And and I learned this by listening to a tape of um, Thomas Merton uh, talking about contemplative prayer. And I'm like, well, this applies here too. Um, but of course, you know, 
we we don't want to just get in the habit of p- praying lazily or quickly and not trying to put any of our heart, our love in it. That's very important to put our love in it. Yeah, the rosary really is, of course, the perfect prayer in the sense St. Uh, John Paul II said that uh, directly. It is the perfect prayer. Why? Because it gives us vocal prayer. It gives us the opportunity for meditative prayer. That's the mysteries. And we can, on occasion, find ourselves going even beyond that into contemplation. In fact, uh, blessed Pope Paul VI is quoted as saying, without contemplation, the rosary is a body without a soul. So he's very much encouraging us to get beyond just the vocal recitation, important as that is, and we should do that, into the meditation and then beyond that to contemplative prayer. Well, then how does that happen? How does this process begin? How do we deepen our experience of the rosary and also make it uh, an effective means, as we've said throughout this conversation, of impacting the world around us? Well, the very first suggestion we would make uh, is the same one we made when we had the conversation recently on making the sign of the cross. Slow down. Slow down your recitation. Give yourself an opportunity to hear the words you're speaking. Uh, just slowing down and, and, and allowing the words to sink into us, as we said, they deepen uh, themselves within us, will give us an opportunity to experience the mysteries in a deeper way. Well, next we want to encourage you to make specific time for the rosary, um, a specific place where you can be alone, where there's quiet, where you can focus on the mystery and be pondering it in your mind and in your heart. Well, that's not to say to stop praying while you're driving the car or you're walking or you're in the shower. I mean, or riding a bike. You know, uh, we often do that, right? But we we certainly don't want to discourage that. But we also think that it's a very important time to set a, aside um, a time to pray this rosary when you can be recollected. And in fact, you might even get just one decade done or half of a decade done before you get into a deep uh, level of prayer. Uh, and, and the point here is to be engaged in prayer of the heart um, with the Lord. And sometimes that prayer goes beyond the words and the emotions and the feelings and um, beyond what you can recognize even. Of course, the first and most important thing we do to do is bring the Blessed Mother into this prayer with us. It's her prayer, and there's no way she would refuse to respond to our request. I don't mean just saying the prayers and beginning the rosary. I mean speaking with her in our own words, genuinely, right. asking for her to intercede for us, that we might receive all the graces from praying the rosary. And again, this doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to have some physical or emotional reaction when we're praying the rosary, but we ask the Blessed Mother to deepen within us the experience of the prayer so that we receive the graces that are available and that we intercede as powerfully as we can for those that we may be praying for. As we indicated earlier, the first best step, slow down. Utter the words as though you were speaking quietly to a person that you're deeply in love with, the Blessed Mother. And you want them not only to hear the love expressed in the words that you speak, but also your tone of voice, the cadence, the soft volume that you speak. Think of it as though you were telling your spouse that you loved him. You would not just cast off the phrase quickly without any feeling or emotion. We'd actually recite the rosary in the same way if we thought about the Blessed Mother first. And we speak the rosary as though it were a recitation of our experience of love for the Blessed Mother. So there's a sincerity, intent, attentiveness, purposefulness. And intimacy, all of that. It's really good. (laughs) Um, Next, I want to encourage, and and we can't uh, encourage this enough, how helpful it is to use a series of reflections for when you pray your rosary. The best are what we are called um, the scriptural rosary reflections. Um, John Paul II said, confidently take up the rosary once again. Rediscover the rosary in light of scripture, in harmony with the liturgy, and in the context of our daily lives. May this appeal of mine not go unheard. Now, you can find these scriptural uh, meditations um, just by looking up uh, the mysteries and finding the scripture citations in the Bible. Or there are many books based on this. I know. I'm going to just suggest this one. You can go to... um, 
LafayetteCarmelites.org. Again, LafayetteCarmelites.org. And look at the Rosary Meditations of St. Teresa of Jesus. Our very holy mother, um, Teresa Vavla, her rosary meditations um, on all of the mysteries. They're, they're very beautiful. Uh, again, I would just say that the recitation of the rosary requires us to be actively engaged, intentional prayer, using our mind. You know, this doesn't mean that we have to become artists in painting a picture, but we want to engage our vocal cords. We want to, in, in a way of expressing love, we want to engage our mind in the creation and understanding and grasping of the mysteries. The scriptural rosary references are a great way to do that because they keep you focused on the individual mysteries. And then we want to move to the heart. We actually want to move ourselves into an uh, an affective, meaning a, a, having an affection for uh, the mystery that we are contemplating. And as you enter that mystery, recognize there's, a far, uh, there's far more in what's going on there than you can grasp with your, with your mind. Remember, in any of the circumstances of Christ or the Blessed Mother's life, there's always much more going on than what's revealed on the surface. In order for us to experience an encounter at this deeper level, contemplation is necessary. And we begin by allowing the Holy Spirit to do that work in us. Let the Holy Spirit work within you. What do we do in order to do this? We look to Scripture, where in Romans 8.25 it says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. This is true of the rosary as well. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Give the Holy Spirit that opportunity to do that deeper work in you by picking up your rosary, expressing it with love, using your mind, but allowing yourself then to seek deeper and deeper because of a slow recitation into an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So let's just briefly go over those points. Uh, slow down, make specific time for the rosary, invoke the Blessed Mother, um, speak in love and in intimacy, that's pray your rosary with love, um, use the scriptural reflections, and then uh, go deeper into the mystery in the contemplative uh, through faith. That, that'll be great asking the holy spirit to pray in you so um at this point i think we've come to the the end of our um encouraging you to pick up the rosary or to go deeper into the rosary and um uh i, I encourage you to again go to the Laf lafayette carmelites to see the reflections of Teresa of avila and um in fact, you can do any kind of a search looking for scriptural uh, rosary meditations, and you'll find a plethora of material there. So uh, we are going to close now, Mark. And I thought the, the best prayer to close with would be the Hail Holy Queen. Okay. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother, Mother of, of mercy, mercy, our life, our, our sweetness, and, and our hope. hope. To, to thee, thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, a reminder, you've been listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, Christian voice in your home. Until we're with you again next week, God bless.